Hi everyone, welcome to All Things Creative. I'm your host, Linda Riesenberg Fissler, and I wanted to talk to you today about my painting process. I just wanted to share some of the things that I, I uh, share in class while I'm teaching my students, um, just kind of walk through my painting process with you. In a separate video slash podcast slash podcast, as I always call them when I'm when I'm um, talking with you on my own, I, I talked, I call them blogcasts versus podcasts. Um, just a little thing I do. <laughs> anyway, I'll share my writing process. Um, and I thought that might be fun since I'm working, working on the book uh, four of the blind series called, that I've decided to call Cloak now. Um, I thought it might be kind of fun for you to see that whole process. So I'll share some of my free write and how I'm formatting it into a book and, and all that kind of stuff. But that, that comes later. I'll also talk about the process of how I'm writing an art instruction book, um, the one that is currently available. But there's some news that I'll be announcing at a later date um, that uh, I'm really, really happy about. I want to have the opportunity to talk with this person again um, to make sure that we're really going to do this um, because we both are, are so busy. But uh, I think it would be fun to do this. Um, we're going to write another. Uh, I'm going to write another instruction book, and hopefully, I I will have a partner in doing that, and I will make that announcement um, at a later date. I have a very, you know, yeah, let's do this, but I, I want to talk to him in more in depth before I make that announcement. Um, but that's something else that that I share a process on how we're doing it. Really make you guys a, a part of that process. Um, so I hope you enjoy this. Uh, we're going to get started here. So where do I start? Well. I start with a drawing, um, and the reason why I start with a drawing is because uh, if you really want to draw somebody in from across the room to look at your painting, there are so many things that go into that, um, but but the number one thing, the, the thing that is very, very important is you have to have a good drawing, and it has to be correct, and you have to understand, um, you know, that that has to be there. Uh, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm just a painter. I can paint this. I can fake this. And over the years, I've really come to understand that, no, you can't fake this. Okay. You have to know what you're doing when you cut, when we start out a painting. And we have to be able to understand some of the key elements of drawing for that to go into there. And interestingly enough, I'm going to start teaching a drawing class, which is something that I never thought that I would be asked to do. But um, they are asking me to do it, and I will be starting to, to do paint a drawing class. And I do not put myself anywhere near <laughs> some of my wonderful artist friends who draw so much better than I do. But um, anyway, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time with it, as always. So I have two pictures here of um, my starting of these paintings and starting them with drawing. And this first one on the left is of Claire, my grandniece. Um, this is a commissioned painting that my niece commissioned me to do, and this is um, her sitting on a beach, and she's in her little bathing suit, and she's playing in the water just on the edge of the, the surf, just where the, you know, the little surf, the little waves have turned over, and she's, you know, playing in the water and, and in the sand there. And so I just want to kind of walk through this a little bit. The first thing I do, um, if I'm not gridding, which is one inch squares, I'll do a rule of thirds. And the rule of thirds, you divide your, your canvas into basically a tic-tac-toe pattern. 
So, you know, two lines down, two lines across. And where those lines intersect are uh, considered focal areas. Um, it gets you relatively close to the golden mean and all that conversation. But um, basically, what I want it to do with this is, you know, the hand catches your eye, you go up this arm to her face, um, these wisps of light that's hitting her hair and that the wind is blowing, you know, can bring you down. So this is another area that is important. Um, more so, this is the whole area. So this junction here is close to that rule of third area first here that leads us up to this area, which is to me the, the main focal, focal point of the painting. Um, so if we look at rule of thirds, um, if I'm doing this, you know, this area here, um, that is really kind of going to be in, in, on that focal point, but I've kind of expanded it uh, to go a little bit larger in there. And as you can note on this, um, I've, I've made some definite uh, changes. Um, like I want to talk a little bit about cast shadow. Um, the, the real thing about cast shadow is a cast shadow you should be able to see through. So um, when you're thinking about a tree on a landscape and the tree is casting a shadow onto a grass and onto a grassy area, um, I see a lot of uh, folks uh, painting just a, a, you know, a dark value of blue um, or purple. Uh, and so you see a lot of dark blue and purple shadows out there and you can't see through them. If that tree is casting a shadow onto the grass and the grass is green and maybe it's more yellow green in sunlight um, and it's a cooler temperature green in shadow, but I still should be able to, when I look at that shadow, I should still should be able to look at it and say, oh, that's grass underneath you know, in that shadow area and it, and it attaches to the grass that's in the sunlight area. So um, it isn't just blue, it's this blue green, it's more green green, if you will, um, and a darker value, but it's not your darkest dark. Um, your darkest dark should be a core shadow, which is um, basically something like this, which is putting her hand down on the, on the sand and her leg is um, got a little bit of a core shadow underneath it and over here on the hand, for example, and that's putting, that that doesn't receive light. That's down on on the shadow. It's not receiving light at all. It, it, so that's different than a cast shadow. So I should be able to, to know and discern that these shadows here are her flesh. So for example, I would not paint this a dark blue to say that it's shadow because this is her flesh color. It'll be a, a you know, It'll be a more um, tannish, beigeish, um, you know, skin colorish in shadow. And, and yes, you can argue that Claude Monet painted a lot of flesh color in, you know, those blues and purples and that. But that you could still discern that it was a cast shadow. Um, the core shadow may have blue underneath it um, just to set it down. And I'm going to show you. Um, the finished painting on this towards the end of the process so that I can go over some of that again. But this is a very simple, very simple drawing, very simple photograph that was sent to me that um, from my niece that that she absolutely loved and wanted to get wanted me to capture Claire this way. So uh, that's what I did. And um, 
you know, again, this is a cylinder um, and there we have to, and you'll see in the value study that we have to understand how light affects the cylinder. So light is coming from the right. This would be the lightest value. This would go into tones into, you know, possibly a darker value, uh, but not my darkest dark. Uh, and then, you know, the face is in shadow, a uh, little bit of the nose catches a little bit of light. So all of my little drawing notes here, um, you know, this is very important so that we know that her foot is here. Um, that's a different value than this. You know, am I going to make a value change here or am, am I going to make it a temperature and, um, you know, a, a temperature and color change only? Uh, is the shadow, her cast shadow here going to be the same color as her cast shadow here? Mm, yeah, we'll see. I'll show you. Um, you know, how can I make this painting more interesting? Um, if you saw the photograph, you would look at it and go, wow, you know, how am I going to make this? How am I going to sell this? How am I going to, how am I going to make people stay interested in this, this painting? So you can see some little, you know, there's some little notes here that I can follow and make sure, you know, these are the waves, um, you know, notice that I don't have any horizon line here. And I was battling that. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in the value study. And you'll see how I changed it even in the drawing. So this doesn't commit you to absolutely keeping it this way, but it does commit you to this is the way the form looks. And then you can tell I got a little more detailed here on the, the Santa and the bear. And you guys have seen this probably too many times if you're if you follow me on Facebook. But here is, you know, some holly up here in his little um, reef uh, hat, if you want to call it that. This is his hair, his eyes, you know, so I was a little more detailed on here, even to the point of saying this is a red ribbon. So I told myself this is a red ribbon, um, you know, and then this is, you know, just more of the holly leaves and this is the teddy bear and the shadowing on the teddy bear and you know this this side is in shadows so you know I, i'm constantly asking myself shadow light you know what value should this be i didn't do a lot in value here i did more in the value study itself um which i don't i don't share with you because you've seen it on facebook if you follow me um, if not please do follow me on facebook friend me whichever uh, you'd like to do so now we go on and I, from the drawing, I go to the values and I put this particular painting, the one on the left in, this is um, the Hel the Creek in Glen Helen. And I started this one different. I actually started on the canvas, um, figured out my rule of thirds and um, used a brush because I had, for the longest time, I had a block. I couldn't use a pencil to draw with and and it was really strange i couldn't figure out why i i just could not draw with a pencil and um i came to figure out well duh what do i use to write my books with you know mostly keyboard but i'm writing note scenes i'm writing checks i'm writing you know scenes and notes and everything that i write I write with a pencil and that engages or a pen and that engages my mind to think more in sentence structure <laughs> than it does in um, terms of uh, spheres and cubes. And, and, and every time I picked up a brush or every time I picked up a pencil, the first thing that I went to was, you know, oh, I'm going to write something. Uh, so I had this block that I had to get over. And then the weird thing was, is it, went all the way into my painting um, brush with a brush. I, I had a block 
and um, thanks to Carolyn Anderson, we figured out that I was holding my brush like I was holding a pencil. So we changed how I held my brush. And now all of a sudden I'm enjoying painting with my brush again and I've gotten past the block. So if you find yourself getting into a block, change your hand position on your brush, um, change it to a to a fatter handled brush or a smaller handled brush or something. Um, have somebody hold the brush out to you so you feel like you're shaking hands with it instead of holding it like a, uh, an instrument, like a pen or a pencil, um, and see if that helps with your block. Um, this particular one on the left, the, the painting of Glen Helen's Creek. Um, Glen Helen is a little nature preserve up in Yellow Springs, Ohio, really kind of cute place to kind of hike around in. And there's a little creek that flows through there. Um, and there are, uh, you know, yellow springs sulfur springs that that come out um so it's really or iron i think it's iron i can't remember anyway there's springs around that natural springs that are in the in the reserve and one of the things that, that i did here was i just basically took my brush took, took took four values um put four values from black darkest dark to white lightest light and um, mixed a couple in between values and i started to just sketch this out with a brush this does not have any um undercoat of graphic or charcoal or anything underneath it. I just laid this out with a brush. And while I was doing that, I was thinking about how am I going to handle this um, painting in the distance and how am I going to put all these different trees in? And so I was kind of just very freely doing uh, that. And you can tell I used, um, I, I was thinking about temperature changes. I, this I started in class as kind of a demo. and We got into temperature and color and, and I talked about, you know, how this is a it reads as a, a different value number one a different color number two but also a different temperature number three and this definitely is a different temperature here and and you can see this area here which is a kind of a blue purple um, may not be receiving as much sunlight but you know it tells me it's a temperature change it's still pretty much in the same value i'm squinting to look um but, you know, it may be you know, a quarter of a step darker, uh, definitely darker than this area here. Um, and that wasn't intended to be there. That was just a real quick brush. I only had so far, only had so long that I could demo with this. So this is probably, you know, at the most, maybe I spent 30 minutes on it as I was going through demoing um, and then talking with the students on their work. So, again, start it with a brush and four values of um, black and white paint and uh, created this particular uh, value study, if you will, very quick, very quick drawing. This particular, you know, there are things, there are areas that I cleaned up, things that I changed as I got into applying color. And, I, and I'm going to walk through um, my Claude, Lily, Claude Monet's lily, pad paint, lily Pond painting um, about and talk about applying color. And you can see how that uh, really changes. So we'll get to that. So here, um, on the right is Claire. So here was Claire, the drawing stage. Here is Claire in the value stage. And you can see my cast shadow comments here. Okay, so see, you can still see her foot. See how nicely defined this is. See the tone to make her, her cylinder body feel like it's more 3D. Uh, her, the core shadow area here. This area is a piece of... Um, her bathing suit that is kind of a ruffle that is in shadow here, um, which caused 
you know this to be a little bit darker here this is kind of got a little bit of a um, darker tone to it just so that I can tell myself that this is where the strap of the bathing suit cup up, comes up this particular piece of the ruffle of her bathing suit is catching sunlight just small little touches Sorolla Soroya did a, a, a wonderful painting uh, of that um, where you just have one little touch of light on the woman's shoulder who's reading a book out and then there's in the background behind her is the beach and some water and that little piece of light on the shoulder pulls her and and sets her it, it pulls the um, background to the foreground to it, it combine it it makes the whole painting one so you know I was kind of thinking of that when I was doing this it, it's just really great and then light on her shoulder here light on her arm here light on her hand the core shadow that that sets her hands down on the on the um, sand um, you know shadow here on her leg and her knees um, so very very much fun and here you can see I, I put in I said okay I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put a quote-unquote horizon line here um, and as you see, I will say I will show you at the end the painted the finished version of Claire and um, you'll see and, and I'll walk through making color choices versus value choices the difference between that and you'll see where I made those changes and I'll talk through those a little bit too so here's here's Claire's value study which which to me you know I could have I would have loved to just keep it like this I, I love black and white value studies I love doing them it takes the whole confusion about color and values and it just it it's a simple it's a very simple painting and and there's beauty and simplicity that um, that I find every time that I do a value study um, I find that simplicity just so rewarding um, so if you don't do a value study like this I suggest that that you try it out excuse me had to get a little drink of water so we'll move on so this is Claude's lily pond and this is in Giverny and unfortunately I forgot <laughs> to take a picture of the black and white um, gray value study that I did of this but you can see there is some of that on here uh, interestingly enough I did not have a, a black tube of paint so I took Michael Harding's colors and made a very very dark brown and this ended up being a very warm um, warm tones uh, this is my darkest dark uh, area that value that I was using through here as well this area was also this color um, and then um, so again you don't have to use like ivory black and put white in it to get your or Portland grays or anything like that you, you just need a dark uh, a dark color your with your darkest dark two mid shades and your lightest light which always tends to be either the white of the canvas which is what it is right here or um, you know white out of out of your tube however you want to do that on Claire uh, back here you know these this was using ivory blue so you could tell the difference between um, these grays for example and the warmth of these grays so finding your grays in your painting is very very important and um, keeping them there is very important too because it kind of gives the eye an area or a chance to rest um, note this gray here this gray um, will stay in the painting 
uh, and you can see I started putting in a little bit of reflections here, this area here, um, and, and was playing around. This is the sky. Uh, still pretty gray. This guy's still pretty gray. This area, I actually started painting with palette knife, and it was uh, had a lot more texture. You can see some of it here. It had a lot more texture in it. Um, it was actually starting to hurt my eye when I started to work on this. I, I, it was like too much start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. So I took a brush, and I just um, added some more white to it because it was the wrong value. I wanted to push it back. So I pushed it back by making it lighter, and then I fanned out all of the... Um, you know, and, and blended out all of these extra, you know, little globs of color that I had down there. The eye tends to start and stop at every hard edge. So um, you have to be really, really careful with color that you aren't, um, you know, causing the eye to start and stop too much. Because if the eye starts and stops too much, the viewer gets tired and they, they walk away. So you want to find some soft edges and, and you want, you know, that softness allows the eye to travel through it. Uh, calm areas allow the eye to stop and enjoy the things that are around it. So um, pushed, I pushed these little mountains back by making them lighter in value and, you know, the sky yeah, is just slightly, maybe a half step in um, difference in values. But as I worked on that, that ended up um, being light as well. And you can see some of the green that is reflecting in there if you look if you look close enough. There's a, there's a close-up of that that we'll show later, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. So this was um, basically the second part of the process. The, you know, I get finished with the value study, I start to add color. And this is the area where we're starting to add color. And you can see where I've put in some of the sky colors that I want it to pull through. That Those may or may not stay there. I tend to put in a lot more and um, then I end up taking them out and then I may end up putting them back in. It depends on how I feel. You see a little step area here and the little path and then that kind of disappears off. It's, it's kind of here, but you know, I didn't, really didn't want to put this path there. It wasn't important. So I just wanted to simplify that into this nice green color there. Uh, so let's go to the next painting. So now I'm... Um, added some of the cool, the shaded area of the willow tree here. Um, I basically refined a little bit of uh, the um, choppiness that was in the sky, kind of just blended that out a little bit, played with some different colors here, um, put in the base colors of the lily pads. Um, this guy's still hanging around here uh, you know, this I'm telling myself this is where the it's the wrong color, and I agree. Um, but this is where I want the tree to be. Note the tree trunk; it's going to change a little bit too. Look at these guys. We got some close-ups here that we can actually talk a little bit more about. Here's here's that area back here, and and if you look at this little area cut out, you know, um, maybe we really don't need this there. But you know, this is actually starting to make a kind of interesting little picture on its own, little painting of its own. Nice depth here. Um, we got this core darkness of here and here. This is setting it down onto the pet onto the pond. We've got some lily ponds. You can see this one is a little more detailed, a little bigger. This one's a little grayer and, and pushed off in the back, meaning that it's further away. And um, if you come over here, this is this is the left side of the painting. This is the right side of the painting. You can really see how I started playing with making lily pads. And as you can see, I'm not real interested in painting each individual little circle of each one of those little pads. I'm more interested in that shape 
and the color that is going on inside it. And as I get to the next picture, you will see that um, it even looks more defined because I, you know, I may have put in some of these darker colors that are setting the lily ponds, the lily pads right on the pond. And, um, and you know, this area over here, I just love this little area. I just think that's so cool. <laughs> but that, you know, people may not even focus on that. But in this particular little cutout of a photo, you can really see how I use my palette knife and I use the tip of my palette knife to blend uh, a number of things. So this particularly has a lot of soft edges to it, except for where this particular um, dark area is, is at. Um, so now this is the final, not final, this is the last session that I um, did some teaching on in the class. You can see just how um, different this tree trunk looks now. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go back and, and take out some of this. I'm going to replace it with some of this color. I don't like all of that. It, it's getting a little too texturized. So I'll take a brush and knock it down and I'll um, end up putting in some more of this color. Um, you can see this really dark core shadow here that goes off into this mid-tone, into this light area of the tree. Um, the lily pads, look at, look at this area here. This, just love this area here. This I'm not that worried about because I have this foreground of irises and flowers that um, its stalks are going to be sticking up through. This is um, basically reflecting some of this. Again, I'm not worried about it because what's in the foreground, this is just going to become filler space between the 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 long stalks of these um, irises that are planted in the foreground. I also wanted to note this. This nice red color here. This is a little red bush. It's a little too. It's um. It's not a fire. It's not a um. What we call fire bush um here in, in the Midwest. It's um actually it's it's more purple. I did add some blue into here to get some purple, but there's even more. It needs to be a little more grayed down. It is in sunlight, um, but it is not this orange red. Um, it's more on a on a purple side. So. While I have this in at the right value, um, I'm not particularly liking the color, so I'm going to come back and play with that. But I wanted to talk about this because it look how it pushes this area back. And look at the nice color uh, complement that you get into this area. It's really kind of pleasing. So some of this red may stay, but you know, underlying it is going to be some you know, purple. Look how it has pushed back this area here too. It just pushes it back and now all of a sudden these lily pads feel further away than they did in the previous picture, in the previous picture of the painting. Um, you know, like I said, this particular, you know, I started to play around in this with the uh, tree trunk and this starts to disappear. Again, this is all going to have some uh, um, some irises, some pink and, and purple, lavender-ish irises, irises that are, <laughs> that are going to um, be sitting in the foreground. And all of this is done with palette knife. And um, there's this dark area here that I want to get back into this area here as well, um, just to give it a little bit of a break up uh, in that area. And, um, you know, I may take my brush out and, and play with that. The one thing I like about Michael, Michael Harding paints is they stay um, wet a little bit longer than most paints do, and I can start to blend some things. So you really get a feeling that this tree is the weeping willow tree that Claude Monet has in his gardens, and, and you, can, um, you can start to feel that weeping willowness of the tree. 
Um, so this, I'm really pleased with the way this one's coming along. I noticed to you earlier the gray area of the pond. And that just kind of, it just kind of goes back into the, the, the background. It's, it's anchoring, it's, uh, it's warm, it's lovely, it's um, broken in a number of different pieces of gray, but we really don't notice it until someone calls their attention to it, your attention to it, and all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, there is that pond there. And, you know, I may come back and I may add some of that back in. This, this particular lily pad bunching has gotten a little bit too big. I think I'm going to maybe break that back a little bit. You can see where the sun has been added in and I need to get in a little bit more of the sun. I love this area here. All of the grays that are in that area there is just, I just love that area, love this area. So this is where we are on this particular painting. Now I'm going to go back and talk to you about Claire. So if I um, go back to the value study, this is what the value study was like just as a refresher. And then this is what happened with color. It was a very simple photograph of my grandniece. And you, you know, I sat there and wondered, how can I make this more interesting? And if I follow, if we follow the eye, um, as in reading this painting, you come in at her arm, look at the luscious colors. Yes, there is blue, but there is a reason there's blue. There's this blue bathing suit. And that reflected color is bouncing everywhere. Okay. So this makes sense to me because it's bouncing. Light is bouncing into her arm color. But you can also see I have this lovely darker tan, um, reddish, yellowish, orangish color in here as well. Complement of this, some purple as well. Um, if I think about the redness of this of her flesh, um, you know, mixing with that blue, I end up with a little bit of purple. So here's uh, some more of that shadow, some more of the shadow, lovely light color here, uh, a touch of just very light on the skin, uh, almost white, um, but it's almost this color. So you can bounce right on up here. The dark core color here of the blue, the light here. I could have taken this lighter, uh, but I decided not to. I decided to match it the same light as that um, and make this a light area that kind of pulls everything together. So you can find this color in a number of places and then into the half tone of the skin there. And then the core shadow that puts the palm of her hands down onto the sand. Look at the cast shadow here. I can see through this. This is skin tone. So I can see through that shadow, the cast shadow on the sand. Okay, so I can see that tan color. I can see the blue of the reflected light of from the bathing suit on there. Um, the core shadow, again, her skin's a little bit red, the blue of the blue light. So you can get that little bit of purple that's in there. Um, if I can explain having that color there, that's one thing of using it. But you know, just, just saying all oh, that shadow, so it's going to be a dark blue. No, doesn't work. Um, so you can see um, the lovely colors in her shadow area that keep you going up. You can see the, just a little touch of light on her nose to define her nose in the dark shadow area. Her little cheeks are here, um, her eye there. 
the lightness again, the light color here, that same here, the light shining and here on the shoulder, defining that and yet pulling it into the painting. And then the colors here to define that arm. Her leg is this color, this color, and this color. So it kind of pulls us into this circle of going back and through her her um, body to, to see all these colors. Um, the shadow, cast shadow, cast shadow, cast shadow, some blue. Um, that was you know, artist license as far as I'm concerned. I liked it, so I kept it. Um, and then we have this beautiful cobalt teal from Michael Harding that I have in the water. Now, if you remember, I had the horizon line somewhere here. Um, and I painted all of this as just regular sand initially, and it looked like she was about ready to fall off a cliff. So I was like, no, that's not going to work. So I decided to do this line of water of a beach wave that has come up and is kind of reaching out towards her, um, coming towards her, reaching out towards her. And I used the, the purple and the blues to, to anchor that water and the cobalt teal to represent some of the sea foam. You get that little cobaltish teal part. And you see that on here on the, on the sand as well, a great complement color to some of the yellows and everything that are going on here. So that is, you know, we went from drawing to value study to whoops to painting the cylinder of her bathing suit the darkness of that ruffle there's a ruffle here too um, so had fun painting this. Uh, as it turns out, my uh, niece absolutely loves it. So <laughs> that's a good thing, too. Um, but this, yeah, this was Claire. And um, I really liked how this turned out. And the students really loved how it turned out, too. Got a lot of lessons off of this one as we were painting and, and thinking about, you know, how can I make, you know, the journey up her arm to her face, which is typically what you look for in a, in a portrait, is the face and the eyes. You know, how can I make this journey more enjoyable for the eye, but not, you know, not to the point where, um, you know, it hurts. Look at all the soft edges. Look at all the soft edges that are in here. So um, things to consider when you're painting. Um, hope you enjoyed uh, listening to me talk about my painting process. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate that. Um, you do this particular painting here when it's finished we have a something in store for you it's a little project in the works that we have going on that i'm going to announce um, probably about mid-march and um so tune in for that one uh, i hope that you you'll be surprised and you'll be interested in taking part in uh, this little project that i have going on so uh, let's see next podcast coming up we talked uh, earlier this week george and um Gallo, uh, he's in the middle of post-production, but he knows I want him to come back on the show, and we're going to talk painting and a bunch of things. Uh, Stefan um, Rednick, Rednicki and Gabriel DeCure, going to try to get them on uh, in mid-March so that we can um, talk about that, you know, this little project, and also talk about the launch of the audiobook for Blind Influence. And I just booked... Uh, at the end of March, Honoré Quarter, who has a lot of, uh, I call uh, I call them pros prosperity books, um, 
motivational books that she has written. She's a bestseller out on Amazon. Uh, she is also, you know, goes and speaks at a number of different conferences, motivational conferences, as well as book conferences. Um, she's has a huge following. So the fact that uh, Honoré is going to take an hour of her time to talk to me on a podcast about writing and, and her creative process uh, is an absolute, um, yay, <laughs> we did it type of thing. Um, so I'm very excited to have Honoré on the, on the program. So until next time, uh, hang in there, keep painting. Hope you found the, the little bit about my painting process interesting. If you want to talk more uh, about it, you know where I am on Facebook. Please uh, like me on Facebook or, or follow me on Facebook, friend me, whatever. Uh, we can talk there. Um, my email is lfissler at lindafissler.com. You can uh, send me an, a note there and um, I'll be happy to answer you. Uh, you know, I, I also teach. So um, if you have any uh, questions about that, um, be happy to answer them there too. So everybody have a great weekend and enjoy yourself. Be creative and we'll talk to you next time.